0: Hey is welcome to a brand new Geekscape, I'm sitting here with my good friend Ian Kerner, no stranger to Geekscape as he was on our very first episode and has been on many episodes since. If this is your first episode of Geekscape, we're going to be talking a lot of uh, basically geeky, geeky stuff. We've got to talk about um, you know, some new Spider-Man movies, we have to talk about um, some of the trailers that came out this week, and definitely we've got to talk about the big geek movie of the week, which is The Hobbit, Desolation of Smaug. Uh, which we saw, and uh, if you haven't seen it, we're going to spoil the heck out of it. So this is Geekscape, and um, I hope you guys are prepped up. Yeah. Um, By the way, it's based yeah. on a book. <laughs> it's, it's based on a third of a book. Where do you stand on? No, it, I mean, it's, where, it's, where it's do you stand based, on that? It's not really based on a third of right, a book, right? Right. I mean, where do you stand on the whole uh, controversy of taking a book like The Hobbit, which you know is a children's book? Is the argument? It's a children's and book, then you know, it and turning it into three movies. I'll tell you
1: when. And I actually want to say this as a sort of disclaimer going in. Normally, when we, you know, when there's an underlying work um, of a film, I'm very familiar with it. I read The Hobbit when I was 11, right? You know, which is quite a while ago. It's about 30 years ago for me. Um, so, you know, I sort of remember it. But you know, at the time, I remember reading it and thinking, "What was the big deal?" But then I read Lord of the Rings, and I was blown away. Yes. I mean, you know, and if, if, if for those, I don't have to get into the whole history. Anyone can look this up; they don't need to hear from me. But essentially, you know, Tolkien wrote The Hobbit, then he went—I think he spent more than ten years
0: writing Lord of the Rings—and mm-hmm. then he wanted to go back and he wanted right. to work The Hobbit back into The Lord of the Rings. So he kind of wanted to like age the, make The Hobbit grow up, mm-hmm. so that it felt seamlessly. So there was 114 pages of notes that he had written, right, to rewrite The Hobbit as something that was on par with Lord of the Rings, and that's kind of what. That's Peter what Jackson's Jackson was doing here. Was and was doing. Yeah. And, and,
1: and I will say that initially I wasn't excited for the Hobbit movies. What? I'm, I'm telling you. I like the idea of going back but my, my, my child itself remembered I wasn't that excited about the original book. And what I'm finding both in uh, the first one and now the second one that the best parts are what, what's added for me. You think so? Cause yeah. things, I things I, like... I love like I truly yeah. love how they've made it a true prequel. Um, I, and, and by right. the way, I, I you know, people that have listened to the show when I've been on before may know this, but you know, the, the general rule is when we're going to review a movie, what we've always done is we try to go together, but, yes. but we don't talk about it after. We sit there so that way we could kind of, you know, get the, yeah, we had that shared experience yeah, and oh, then we talk together. I,
0: w- I, w- I wanted to let the Geekscapers know how much you jumped at the, uh, the spider, the spider when the spider yeah. jumps out in Mirkwood. Spiders get me, man the spiders really get you?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, that yeah. Markwood
0: sequence was cool. It was spiders. really
1: cool. And I got to tell you, like, I was sitting there thinking, like, blew Harry Potter away.
0: Um, I love that sequence. And that sequence was in the book where right. Bilbo saves them, saves the rest of the dwarves from the spiders of Markwood. Right. Uh, I loved that sequence. And that uh, sequence was great. Um, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I will love the Hobbit movies. I will mm-hmm. always love the Hobbit movies. And uh, they're not uh, perfect, but right but, off the but, bat, there's... these ones aren't perfect. And, and they're kind of. They kind of feel like they don't have the structure that Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings films did. Like this one, it feels like the, you know, there's not as much of a and-if-so-therefore writing structure. When And what I mean by that is this happened, so this happened, therefore that happened, which is sort of where you build like a really strong spine to your your narrative engine. Mm-hmm. And this one, I feel like it's sort of existing in a and-then and then, yeah. and, then well, 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 and then well, the other the other thing to talk about
1: because we started talking about you know how this film is derived. Um, you had a very short children's book, mm-hmm. and even if there's 114 pages of notes, it's still you know when I told you I wasn't that excited. Part of my lack of excitement was how the fuck are they making three movies out of this? You know when you look at it, when you watch it, you know I just feel like there's a there's not that much story. There was a lot of story for Lord of the Rings. You know, you don't feel when you watched each one of those movies that it wasn't... Okay, it, it, nothing felt like filler. Yes. You know? Here, it's beautiful looking, this fantastic action pieces, but a lot of them go on
0: forever. Yeah, and like... It's just like, more of the same. seems like Bayorn at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, what, who cares? Right? Why not add Tom Bombadil while you're while you're at it? Right. I remember? Because that was one that fans were like, where's the Tom Bombadil scene from the very, in the first movie? And now you have the Bayorn scene... And, it, it, you know, are we going to see him again? All right. And who knows? I
1: thought it was cool, but exactly. That's yeah, I what, that's was what cool, I was wondering.
0: But who knows? And there was one sequence um, where I literally turned to my wife and I go, this could have gone in the director's cut. And I think it was uh, one of the sequences between uh, Evangeline Lilly and, um, and uh, who? Who's, Orlando Bloom? No, the, the actor who played his father. Lee Pace. Lee Pace. You know, who's like from the Pushing king, Daisies. Yeah, from Pushing Daisies, who's like king of the elves, Right. right or King of the Wood Elves, and and, and i got to say, Evangeline Lilly felt like not the actress we remember from Lost. There were scenes where I thought she was spot on and awesome, and then there were scenes where I was like, whoa. It, it, I, loved you, yeah, you, I, lo- I loved her. Yeah. I, I loved her. I loved every, every scene she was I in. Like, uh, I, mean, I mean, of course, I have a huge favorite. crush on her and all that. Oh, she's but, great.
1: But uh, she was awesome, and that, that's actually what I was going to say. I was like, you know, everything with her was just great. Um. I just watched the extended edition right before. But it before felt like we an added
0: scene. It felt like a scene that was, that was filler between her and Lee Pace. And you get that same kind of sentiment that Lee Pace isn't going to help anybody. And, you know, he's not going to help the outside yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, po- obviously, obviously. But you get that scene with his son, and it's a more important scene.
1: I, I, I see your point about things they might have edited. Um, what's interesting to me is because what I felt about this movie, I felt about the first one. But then watching even with an extended edition at home didn't bother me at all. It's fine. Right. It's a different experience. Yeah. yeah, It's, you know, it's a little, I don't want to say more tiring exactly, but it's different to sit in a theater. You sit at home and you watch the whole thing. It's fine. You're a little, you know, comfortable. It's a little bit different Um, because I enjoyed the extended edition sitting at home of the first one a lot more than I did in the theater. Agreed. Some of that is seeing it a second time. I know it's going to be, and sometimes it seems like it drags a bit when you know it's going to be the second time it doesn't bother you as much. But, um, you know, we, we both felt that the scene at the end was so beautifully done. It was stunning. It was great to see it. And it's not that I, per se, would want to say, like, I want to see less. You're talking of about the Battle Friday. of Smog. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Battle of Smog. But um, it felt like it went on for a while. And you made a comment feeling, you felt like it was a video game. It felt like more, a boss battle. It yeah, felt
0: like there was several stages for well, yes, the boss. But, yeah. but more
1: specifically, my feeling was it didn't just feel like a video game felt like I was watching someone else play a video game. Right. You know? Right. Which, I don't care how cool it looks when you watch someone else play a video game, you get bored.
0: And some of that felt like it was a narrative thing. When you come into the, uh, you know, where, where is it? Like the Kelm or whatever, Kelm or whatever where they're going to uh, forge the, the gold. or where, right. You know, they're going to yeah. start up the fires. Yeah, yeah. And they immediately go in there and they go, we don't have a fire that'll light this. Right. Hmm. And you're sitting Where going, are you going to get a fire? Come on. Right. I mean, stuff like that just felt telegraphed, and I think it lent itself to those scenes feeling long. Yeah. Is it impressive? Jesus, is it impressive. That last sequence was smog. Yeah, and I told my wife yesterday, I said...
1: Smog, period. I said, I, I have amazing. been waiting
0: my entire life to see that scene where... Frodo or Bilbo is talking to him in the pile of gold yeah and that that sequence was so awesome was so awesome where he's in the gold he's taking the ring on and off he's talking and, to and, and excuse me and, and you know not, not
1: to, to reference something else but it's Martin Freeman and Benedict Cumberbatch mm-hmm. I mean you know for...
0: I, you know what I mean like when, I, when when he first starts talking when Cumberbatch first starts talking you're like oh it's Benedict Cumberbatch but his performance in visually that stuff is so impressive yeah. that immediately it is Bilbo and Schmog. And you're loving it. Yeah, you are great. loving it, and it is awesome. in the in it, it, it is
1: this movie's Bilbo and Schmeagel.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, I mean it, it's fantastic. And the ending is fantastic. Um, well, does, does it go? I, 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 I want to discuss the well, ending. Do you want to run into being a, a person who complains about too much cotton candy? No, no. Yeah, no, it, it can yeah. make you stomach sick. Right. But you, you no, it, it's it. awesome.
1: But but I mean, I have to admit, and this is funny because you know I like going to midnight movies and we went to an 8 o'clock show and I was like fading a bit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, And, and you know, it, it's, it's sort of My like, My pancreas you know, was
0: fading. Yeah, I was yeah you're just kind of like, thing, yeah.
1: okay, what's going on here? You know, but but I know that when I watched it again in the extended edition, I'm not going to have any issue with that. Yes. You know, um, they telegraphed the whole movie. See, that's just it. Here, here's something I want to say when I talk about how much plot is there. I mean, as soon as you see Bard and you know, and mm-hmm. you, you get into the city and all that, they're telegraphing that he's going to have to be, you know, he's.
0: The hero. Yeah. Yeah, Luke Goss is awesome, too.
1: Yeah, but, but I'm saying, like, you know what's going to happen. And,
0: and again, you see get, get spear, spoilers. You see, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm calling spoilers right you now. You shouldn't be listening to this. Yeah. Uh,
1: the, the movie ends. It's the Desolation of Smog, but we don't get to the Desolation.
0: No. That, like, you're called the Desolation of Smog. I even went, ooh, they even say well, the line, the Desolation of River Smog. Rivertown looks pretty desolate. Yeah, but it's, it's about to get a lot worse. And um, Dell. Looked completely desolated. Right. But but, but what I'm
1: saying is, the yeah. movie is set up for, it ends with, he's going there. And are we going to have a giant and there.
0: action sequence for the third movie? Well, that, that's just it. And I hope so. When it,
1: when it ended, I went, wow, he we didn't even go there. I figured this movie was going to be all the smog stuff. And then I thought to myself, I was like, yeah, but if they don't have it in the next movie, then what do they have in the next movie? Right.
0: right, Fighting the Necromancer who doesn't get defeated so he can go on and become Sauron. Exactly. Then, yeah.
1: No. Exactly, which they call out now. I love that stuff, you the know, the Sauron Necromancer yeah, stuff. Yeah, Ga- because for me, that's the—it's a prequel, right? What I don't get, what I guess we'll see in the third movie, is it's so directly on point. How can sixty years
0: go by without anyone dealing with it? You're right. Yeah, because sixty years do go by between right. the adventures in this movie and Lord Mind Lord of
1: you, w- you know when you go and you look at Fellowship, you see that they have power and they've done stuff. Mm-hmm. So we know from the original trilogy that there's a lot of stuff they're going to do, and we also know that Gandalf knows, but and we know that you know Galadriel and the other elves know. So it's not that weird that okay, this is how they know, right? But 60 years seems like a long time. You
0: guys have been sitting on your ass. Elrond, yeah. you've been sitting it, on your it, it, ass.
1: It seems that way. But, but you know, listen, the, the argument is though, being arrogant and everyone else, were they really sitting on their ass? And we just didn't see the fellowship. But doesn't mean they were sitting on their ass.
0: And did Gandalf know that, he, that, that Bilbo had the ring and would ultimately give it to Frodo? Exactly. So 60 things. years, if he's spent looking for something that was under his nose the entire exactly. time. Exactly. Um, you're right. I mean, and in, in hopefully, hopefully we get a Return of the King type. Addendum to like the end of the last Hobbit movie, right. where it might actually even take us right up to the doorstep of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Well,
1: I mean, they, they've certainly framed it that way. Because mm-hmm. the, 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 Lake that,
0: Town's basically the ending of right, Hobbit. Right. Right. You know, and it's, and
1: clearly it's going to be more than that. Right. Because I mean, now you have it, the necromancer well, it's there and stuff. back again. Right. For people the, that don't realize the original book, it's called The Hobbit, or There and Back Again and they're back again as a subtitle of the third movie. Right. So we we can so, see
0: something where in like the first act of the third hobbit movie, you know, you have the battle of Lake Town Right. With and then, and then back
1: again is still they could add all kinds of stuff to it. Right. I mean, seemingly, you know, the question becomes Gandalf's off in this movie, you know, already taken prisoner by Sauron and all that. I mean, has to be dealt with, you would think for the sake of structure, it would be the band of dwarves that would help him.
0: Sure. That's what you would think. You would
1: think that them. that would come together.
0: What's left of them. Exactly. Um, so that's
1: my other complaint. Yes. Is um, there's not a lot of gravitas in the battle with smog with them when no one dies.
0: Uh, no one dies. Uh, the only dwarf who, I mean, who seems to be in any danger is Keeley who's not right. in the battle with smog. I
1: mean, you know, what, what was it? His his teeth are swords. His, yep. you know, claw, I mean. Yeah. His claws are spears. His claws are spears and yeah. everyone's fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, sort skills. of. If I have a complaint, it's like, all right, I get that he's playing with Bilbo. It's not like Bilbo really seems like he's any
0: threat to him, right? But the rest is like, really, like he doesn't manage to kill any of those dwarves. Yeah, um, the thing I, was, I mean,
1: didn't you, you felt like he was wily e. coyote. Uh,
0: there, are, there, there actually seem to be, and maybe the fact that it is a prequel plays into this because you know where the dwarves die, and, I, and the one thing that's great about peter jackson is in the the moria sequence Mm -hmm. two of the dwarves that we know of that that we're experiencing with the 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 story with right now are in that grave at the in the mines of moria when they when they find the uh you know when 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 you have uh what's his name uh the dwarf Gimli, when you have Gimli come in and he's like oh my god they're all dead and you see a couple of skeletons two of those skeletons are part of this group of dwarves Mm -hmm. you actually see them Um, And that's an incredible uh, attention to detail because the armor is the same, the weapons are the same, Mm -hmm. (laughs) everything that those skeletons are wearing, you see in this group of dwarves here in those two characters. But it takes back to that that lack of urgency that you're talking about. It kind of feels like like the story's being pulled along on a string when you don't see things like the dwarves die, da-da-da. Keely, Keely's the one that's in danger, right? And early on, about halfway through the movie uh or a little before that keely's hit by an arrow right you learn shortly thereafter that keely is done for because the main orc says we poisoned him right he goes we don't have to worry about 13 doors we have to worry about 12, 12 doors and, right. and he's Toriel. right in, in, in keely doesn't die keely right. it actually goes over a day before he even turns pale and collapses and he's he's talking about this fact, fast acting poison. Well, he's like it's poison, like it's, we, we, and he talks about how it's fatal. He talks about him like he's literally going to be dead. Right. And the dude lasts for. I don't have.
1: I don't have. Well, we don't really know how long it took. I don't have a problem with. He's saying it's poison, but it, it sounds like, like oh poison.
0: shit, they got to get it cured. Well, they got to get it cured, and then you don't for another day and a half.
1: But but they they did get a cure. If if they didn't happen to be at Lake Town where someone knew, but I mean I thought it was a little convenient that right. they had the herb and they were already getting it. I I, I expected to be much, much more Toriel's doing, but it was, if right. you think about it. The, you know, the balloon wasn't going to do it. It was the fact that she's a high elf and elven, elven medicine, elven magic. Right. Yeah. You know, she, she, she rubbed it oh, on a she private was park. Super, she, no, come on now.
0: She was, uh, I kind of liked that romance. That, is it a romance or is it not a romance? Whatever well, it that, it was, that, That's another Chilean thing. Earth. I'm
1: wondering where are they going to go with it? I mean, it was, it, it, but there, there was definitely, it's a cute chemistry thing. I mean. Bottom line, that's why they cast him. Right. You know? Yeah. Because, you know, uh, oh, it just so happens they cast him. He doesn't look dwarfish at all. No, he's a really good-looking dwarf. Yeah. He, he, you he know. doesn't have a beard. No, he doesn't have a beard. He, you
0: know, well, he, he kind of looks like the, the good-looking vampire from being human. Oh, wait. Mm-hmm. But uh, but at the same time, I think that Thorin Oakenshield is a good... Is, is also handsome. He does have a yeah. dwarf. And he could, he could become a romantic interest. The stuff that... Um,
1: well, he. I mean, listen. Right. He,
0: the, 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 down to the casting. I mean, they cut
1: him, He's right out of the Aragorn mold. Right. You know. I um. Mean,
0: my fa- one of my favorite moment in the movie is probably the sequence where he confronts Bilbo uh, in Sauron's or in Smog's chamber and says, "Where's the stone?" Right. And Bilbo kind of has the, this. Ring felt, moment. It, it
1: felt very like yeah yeah, yeah yeah. Well, it well felt no, more like, than that, yeah. it felt very much like you know, fellowship and everyone wanting, you know, yeah. it's like, because it's, called it out first. It was a, that, that greed, the the yeah. whole thing is the Arkenstone, you know, corrupting him. Oh, the dwarves, dwarves only care about gold. This is what they want, you know. So when you see Thorin, it, it, you like, see a different, like, shade of him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's
0: creepy and it's cool, but it also throws back to, and it's why I think the script is actually better than uh, maybe, it, it, maybe you guys thought that we didn't like the script because of the, and the but I think uh, there's a moment where Frodo or Bilbo loses the ring, and he finds it because the ring calls to him mm-hmm. in, in Markwood, and when he puts it back on, or when he finds it, he can he literally has this moment where you're just watching him, and he's kind of doing his emotional math of what the hell's happening to me with a ring calls to me, and I just unleash violence on this crab monster <laughs> that comes out by the ring, and he's almost horrified by, by what's happening to him. And then later, when he sees it in Thorn Oakenshield in that in that scene that we're talking about on the ledge in Schmog's chamber, um, that's where I think the script is really good. And I'm like, wow! Now there's character levels in here where you literally see Bilbo not just becoming a better character because he's taking action and he's rescuing and he's becoming brave and that, but he's also starting to make judgment calls based on those around him. They're not yeah. just thirteen dwarves. Well, well, it's a delineation, well, right? Well, there's judgment.
1: there's Gandalf's great line that he's changed. Yeah. You know, and there's that moment where he almost tells Gandalf, and instead, what he says was how much he has changed.
0: I've discovered my bravery. Yeah. I found
1: something. Yeah, I found something. He was going to tell him of the ring, but then it was no, the rings influenced him. So it's like, yes, you have. You know, and one would think that that's the change, or at least. You can't put your finger on it. It could easily have been that. It yeah. could easily have been the experience.
0: If he actually told Gandalf about that ring, uh, they immediately would have gone straight to Mordor and thrown it in the back. Well, yeah. Before, before <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that, the, I, I, that's I, the whole thing. That'd have been and, it. And and it is kind uh, of there funny would have you been think your about stories.
1: you know the, these movies. You know, all of them celebrate oh the bravery, wonderful his It's Like yeah, just how many people of every race you know end up dying in the next. You know, sixty odd years because you know you kept the damn ring.
0: Because because Bilbo kept his mouth shut in yeah, that moment. Exactly. Didn't say, "Oh, Gandalf, I found a ring. It's kind of yeah. messing with my head a little. I see dark stuff when I put it on." But, but but
1: let's remember that you know going back to you know the later movies, it's no one else can hold it, including right. Gandalf. It has to you know own,
0: the hobbits are so pure
1: of heart that they can deal with it. Um, it would corrupt anyone else.
0: Well, it does. I, it does. I mean, Ga- 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 Sméagol was a, a, a hobbit. They didn't say Spiegel, hobbit-like. Yes. No, Smeagol was a hobbit. Or, or that a, hobbit? Smeagol was a hobbit. Smeagol not only is a hobbit, but he kills his brother to get that ring. He smashes his head in with a rock to get that ring. Murderer. And it's awesome. Yeah. It, do we see that? We didn't see that in the last one, did we? No, we saw that in, in the... Yeah. It, it's awesome. I think this... And it, and it's, is it, it in mean, Two Towers? I, I think it's in Two Towers. What I remember, I remember it from reading it in the book. Yeah. When I read it in fantastic. the books, I was like, yeah. wow, this is really dark stuff. And he took that ring. And, and, and Schmeagel was a hobbit. Mm-hmm. But he was a hobbit who had it for too long. You oh, know? Yeah. Prolonged his life. It twisted him. It made him live in the dark. Right. It's awesome. Well,
1: remember, there's that great scene in Fellowship of Bilbo where he has that flash.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and he looks like, it's like he's very Schmeagel-like.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? So you know, you know it's going to come. It's going to get there. It's going to get to him. So the ring's in
0: control. We can't, we can't blame Bilbo just being a selfish jerk in that scene where he doesn't No, bring it it's, the it's ring's influencing him. In
1: yeah, I, I, I don't mean to say I'm blaming Bilbo. It's just one of those... Yeah, I mean,
0: listen, the ring corrupts everybody. Right. That, that's what it is. Will you see this movie again in the theater? The second Hobbit movie? Because we, we did that with the, with the, with the first Hobbit movie. Um,
1: no, I only saw it once.
0: You only saw Unexpected Journey that once? Yeah, yeah. Would be?
1: You know, my rule with them... Going, I saw it twice and I did backflips. My rule going back to Fellowship... After Fellowship, I saw it twice, and every other one, I said, my feeling, especially on those, because it was so much credit, I said, I see it in the theater once, and then I wait for the extended edition, what? and I watch them forever.
0: I saw some of those Fellowships. Uh, the, the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, I, saw, so I think I saw some of those three times. No, I, I believe
1: it. Listen, you know, <laughs> you you know, know this Hobbit about me. I saw twice. Look, the look, last, look, look. The John, John you know saw this saw about twice, me. Yeah. No matter how much I love something, I watch so much stuff and read so much stuff. Yeah. That you know, I rarely go to a theater twice. I mean, I really wanted to see Thor again, and I just still haven't done it.
0: Right, you know,
1: because um, uh, you know, we didn't really get into Thor. You didn't have me on for that. I one. I did
0: not but, have you on for Thor, but it was a fun movie. It's,
1: I, I think it's second only to Avengers, which I know you don't love, Ooh. but you know. I like Avengers. Don't love Avengers,
0: yeah. and for me, the but, the br- but if I, we're going to talk Marvel, the brass ring is still that first Iron Man movie. There's a lot great in the first Iron yeah. Man,
1: but you know. It, the
0: end's not great. Well, he, yeah. Uh, I kind of like the end. He fights over another version of himself. Yeah, he does the yeah, Marvel thing and fights another version of himself. Right. Um, no, and honestly, if you're looking at Iron Man
1: as a series, yeah. the problem is you you go there once. Right. I mean, notwithstanding that it's common in, in, in the comics of Iron Man always fighting another someone in armor and he's always, he's going to beat him, you know, but, you know, it gets tricky. Right. Um, I mean, we have talked about how the misopportunity of the Mandarin being. Yeah, magic. yeah, yeah. The, uh, us, you know, the, the, the kick in the ball to all fans. <laughs> the, 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 the very big fuck you, I don't really care about fans. Well, but.
0: If, if Thor tells us that magic exists as a different form of technology, which the Thor movies bent over, the first Thor movie bends over backwards to present magic and Norse mythology and all that as just an alien race in right. a different type of science, why not make Iron Man battle? "Quote unquote magic," knowing that it's just a different form of
1: technology. Here's my my probably my one complaint, and it's a big one in Thor Two, which is, I thought it was very clever when they were developing Thor. I was worried how his magic gonna work, and they really developed something that I honestly only ever saw in the Marvel Handbook. um, This reference that they're extra dimensional aliens, right? You know, it was not something that was ever really said much in the comics. You know, then in recent years you've seen Tony Stark maybe mention it once or twice, but you you don't hear it a lot. But in this movie, it really kind of took me out. It was really weird as a comic fan to, be, to see as Guardians, you know, Manning, you know, laser cannons. Yeah. You know, in this space battle coming through, it's like oh, I'm watching, I'm watching 2, a Star yeah. Wars. Yeah. yeah. And that's happening, you know. But at the same time, as much as they're trying to push, no, look, in that moment, it really is just you know science. Aliens, yeah. But then you turn around and you have the enchantment of Mjolnir, you have, oh, Freya was a witch, which is, the implication is that's why Loki has powers, because he learned it from her, but what did he learn? You know, you don't see a device. So fine, we still don't understand it, but when they use the word witch, you're saying magic. Mm -hmm. You know? There's always been magic, you know? It's the same thing, you know, it's Norse Stones. Even the S.H.I.E.L.D. episode follow-up, you know, that I know you haven't seen yet. But they get into this staff that, you know, berserker powers, you know. It's, I mean, look, you know, for all we know, it's some advanced nanotech, these things. Sure. You know, but, you know, it's still, like, they're skirting a line. They're having a lot of difficulty, you know, straddling it, you know what I mean? Um, And and it's tricky. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, that, that was my thing. It sort of took me out seeing that. Um, it was like, oh, we're doing a big space movie, so we have to have our big cosmic battle. But to see as Guardians, you know, firing laser cannons was just weird.
0: Well, we'll see how they do with Guardians.
1: But Guardians, well, that's going to be great because that's straight up sci-fi. Mm-hmm. You know, that's okay. But, you know, um, and listen, I thought it was very clever. The whole notion of the Rainbow Bridge, you know, yeah, it's creating, you know, a, a wormhole of, of sorts. I mean the whole, you know, Eisenstein bridge thing, I I think, I thought it was really clever. The nine realms, fine, the nine planets happen to be connected. In fact, something I really liked about the second movie is the whole notion of the convergence. And they're all on top of each other, right? Yeah, the idea of that, because exactly, it was always, the nine realms always seem like they're on top of each other and they're connected by Yggdrasil and this idea of, well, it's a cosmic convergence, that this happens explains why these planets would be connected. Right. You know? I wanted to see a
0: battle in hell so badly. Because you see yeah. it, you glimpse it, and yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. that'd be awesome. Yeah. That um, be awesome. Anything else you want to add on Hobbit? On, on the Hobbit, I mean,
1: I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was great. I love the elf stuff. I like the um, barrel sequence.
0: The barrel sequence is fun. Especially but, but in, when in in particular, I mean gets into the barrel armor. Yeah. The Bomber stuff in the barrel armor was yeah. hilarious. Yeah,
1: very funny. And, uh, I mean, seriously, you know, most people, you know, look back at the first trilogy and the Legolas... Fight scenes are very, you know, they're they're scene stealing. Right. And you get awesome ones in this movie. Yeah. Blow the first trilogy away for that stuff. Yes. And you know, and, and you know, between him and Toriel and back and forth and all of it, and I mean, you get it early on. You know, then you get it again off the barrels, and he's jumping on the barrels and all that. That was
0: awesome. And a lot of the actions to camera, like it's like shooting a thing like a like an arrow through an orc's head, and da da da. The framing of it, and I was thinking about those long sequences, because of the barrel sequence, the barrel escape sequence, and the sequence of smog at the end, uh, those storyboards and those pre-visualization sequences had to have been so work intensive, yeah. because the, the suspense and the action is just toned down to the beat, you know yes. what I mean, and it's just yes. awesome. Yes. Uh, those were really impressive sequences. Did they run too long? It's up to you. I mean, I think the action is so high that they become exhausting. Like just, just based on like, the uh, flurry of what you're seeing. I have no complaints with any of those. But scenes But you will take it. Long. Those you scenes are awesome. You will take it because you're only getting these movies once every couple of years or once every year. Well, yeah, and then You don't you, get yeah. them again. There never you know, will be again. You will and get and them again. And, 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 and that's a very good point. Take it.
1: See, I like add all this because when are you even getting a taste of this again? And well, I, are you doing I just it? thought, I just thought those scenes were just fantastic. with the World of
0: Warcraft movie. Yeah, but it's not going to But your connection to those be, characters isn't the same. It's not it's not going to be this. Right. And it's, you know... We it's, love Duncan Jones. doing it. Yeah. Duncan Jones oh, is doing God it. We love it. And Guillermo del Toro, we love him. and yeah. and, and he's going to maybe do some fantasy stuff. We love it when yeah, people do fantasy of course, stuff. Of course. But these are characters that defined fantasy in the 20th century. Absolutely. The Lord of the Rings movies were the definitive fantasy... The, everything, 20s, flows everything flows from it. it. And everything flows from it. Shannara flows, flows from, from it. There's a reason I made the comment about the most, spider scene. Most 70s rock music flows from it. I'm
1: saying, you know, I made the comment about the Harry Potter comment. Uh, right. I don't know how well you know those movies or those books. No. All right, I read those books. The the, idea, have, you flows seen,
0: have you seen the movies? I've so, seen most of the movies, yeah. You know, so... But well, I have no connection. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah no, I of course, of course. You know,
1: I mean, the idea of the scene of, you know, all those spiders, and this so blows it away. Now, of course... Harry Potter stuff is derived from this, mm-hmm. but, I mean, it was just intense. And the spiders, I mean, listen, and it's years later, and uh, that's the thing about VFX. Things are only getting better and better. But right. The VFX on the spiders were
0: good. In the the storyboarding was awesome. Yeah. That sequence was As you said, awesome. I
1: jumped. It was like, it's not like I didn't know something was coming, but it was just intense.
0: Mm-hmm. Loved it. It was a really impressive movie. Whatever you guys think of The Hobbit, um, whether you're complaining that it's three movies or not, again, I, I, I side with what Ian said. When are you going to get these movies again? Mm-hmm. When are you going to get it to the scale, and maybe you will get it to the scale with a Duncan Jones World of Warcraft, but are you going to get it with characters that you love to, on this level, that you grew up with, that any geek knew? I mean, what if you're a geek and you didn't read the Lord of the Rings movies, or Lord of the Rings books as a kid, Right. I mean, that's sacrilegious. Yes. Um, that's like not reading a comic book. Well, we're well, playing a video well, game. well yeah, what like, it is. Lord of the Rings but, is just but, part but, of but, being but, a you geek. Know
1: what? It, you know what's interesting is it's different now, and you know, you're going to have viewers of all, of, all different
0: ages. And, well, now they have know, the Harry Potter books because, in lieu of it, you know. Well,
1: well, well, but, but, but I'm not even saying in lieu of, you know, the Harry Potter books come out, and everyone already knew they were making Lord of the Rings movies, right. you know? When we were kids. No one dreamed it, it was unfilmable.
0: No, well, you had the cartoon sequence.
1: You had yeah. the cartoon, which was just Return of the King. But I'm saying, well, as, you had as a a live action movie. Too. Yeah, but, yeah, but I'm saying it's a live action movie. No one—they were trying to make it forever. No one dreamed it was doable. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not on this scale. It was, it was originally it was going to be much shorter. I mean, no one imagined that what we get with the first trilogy, much less the second. So, what, I, what I'm speaking to is, you know, when we were kids and the movies didn't exist, how could you not have read it? I'm not saying don't read before you watch things, but now that, you know, listen, the, those movies are several years old now, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, someone, you know, in their late teens, early 20s... Maybe saw the movies so instead of Reddit. Yeah. I mean, how are you a geek and how do you not see those movies? And guess what? You know, you may watch those movies at seven years old. Well, now you didn't read it. Right. You know? That that, that now happens, you know? Uh
0: that i know i agree i agree with you but when that silmorellian movie comes out you're, you're, <laughs> gonna, you're not gonna know what the fuck is going on um let's talk about uh more sci-fi Let, or let's talk about a few things I mean, we, we were talking about the marvel movies and um i'm of the opinion you guys know how i've, I've felt about the amazing spider-man movie uh this amazing spider-man two uh preview and just I, didn't do it for did, me did,
1: did i come on for the amazing spider-man movie because i know we we talked about a
0: lot oh yeah but that second but 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 let me tell you the second or that the amazing spider-man 2 preview that was put out domestically i'm watching it and it just gave me the same feeling as amazing spider-man the first Mm -hmm. movie i watched the international trailer which we put up on geekscape Mm -hmm. it's actually a pretty good trailer it's actually a pretty good trailer if you can go without the subtitles, because there's subtitles, because right. you know it's a foreign trailer, but it's got a better pace, it's got more humor, it's got what feels like a lot more Spider-Man, it's got a bit of uh, a, a little more focus on Electro, you know, and you have a great shot of uh, Paul Giamatti in the Rhino suit and the Rhino clamps down and he's ready to, for action. You get. You just, it just feels like a, like a solid Spider-Man movie. But, but, you know, listen. I know, I'm setting myself up. Yeah, for I, mean,
1: I mean, Jonathan, I, I'm about to take a shot at myself because I was on both before and after Spider-Man 3, you know, and you teased me because I was so excited for Spider-Man 3. I'm not and saying was this such trailer is shit. shit. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and my comment, of course, is going to be, you know, there are people that make a lot of money. Sometimes they drop the ball, but sometimes they get it right, you know, in P&A and making a trailer. Yeah. You know? No, this trailer was... Let's be honest. We story. were excited. As much as we would have liked to have seen it revert, we were pretty excited for Amazing Spider-Man.
0: I've argued on out. this show that I do not want to see Spider-Man or X-Men or Fantastic Four revert because, I mean, their ability to make these movies every year just gets... Toned down. Does that make sense? Like, like no, some, like, no. I, I think I think you're out of your fucking mind. You think Disney? You, you can can just good something. No, you Wars just said something that is
1: going to make your viewers very happy because you're going to make me fucking rant.
0: But does that make sense? You really think that Disney will pay, will, will make five Marvel movies a year? Will get, you think Disney would be it, it, able to give it, it, us an X Men Fantastic Four, if they, if they an Avengers, be, Spider- be Spider-
1: able to give us why they don't have enough money? <laughs> what,
0: what are you saying? They're paying for Spider- Star Wars. So what? They're paying for the Marvel so what? movies.
1: Oh, right, because they're going to lose money on Star Wars. <laughs> Rant it. You know? I mean, seriously. Are you really suggesting that if Disney got Spider-Man, they wouldn't have the money to make them right? Is that what you're saying? As frequently. Bullshit. Bullshit. First of all, you know, you have to look at, at, at Disney as... It, it's now... It's this conglomerate. I mean, they've bought other companies, so they have different divisions doing different things. Um, Marvel is what Marvel is. So your argument really is, how many different Marvel movies can they make? First of all... I. I would sort of That's suggest, what I'm yeah, it, we're getting to this interesting place, you know, where is it? Is it oversaturating the market? And the answer is, well, it clearly isn't because it's the box office. The only question is, can one studio be doing it? And That's if what I'm it, di- but if it's different creators on it, then of course they can. It's just your question is really a financing question, mm-hmm. and if anyone can, it's Disney, right? You know, so I don't, I don't think it's an issue at all. Um, you know, there's arguably a, a question of, or is the marketplace too crowded? Are they competing with each other? Which we sort of see a little bit of right now. Um, when you see Captain America studios. move
0: forward into April, and you see right, right,
1: and and, and that's just exactly what I was going to say. We're we getting Thor in November, and it's doing fucking great. You know, I don't care if it's summer or not. No one else does. You know, the the, the day of the superhero movie has to be in the middle of the summer is over. No one cares. They're going. You know, it doesn't have to be the summer for it to make a lot of fucking money. <laughs> you know, I mean, right. it, it's that simple. It, it's, it's year long. It's, it, it's, it's analogous to how television's evolved where it used to be, you know, TV was only on and there were only decent ratings in certain months in the year. And it was, you know, September to May and that was it. That's not the case anymore. Right. You know, um, people are going to, you know, if you build it, they will come. You know, so uh, if anyone could afford it, Disney can afford it. So um, with, to, to just get into the, the, the synergy between the movies and what you could do, um, for that alone, it's frustrating. And I think that's a good segue into what Sony's doing, what they announced this week, which is you know they, they announced um, Venom, Venom yeah. on its own and Synergy 6 on its own. And they didn't say it, but they brought up this brain trust about some great writers working yeah. on these. But my fear is um, when I hear brain trust, and that's what they're doing... What it feels like to me is they've said, well, we have Spider-Man. So we're calling this our Spider-Man universe. And I think the implication is we do a Venom movie, we do a Sinister Six movie, and then we build into, whether it be Amazing Spider-Man 3 or 4, whatever it is, they're trying to do Spider-Man alone as what Marvel did with Avengers. And Mm -hmm. Phase 2, it'll be Avengers 2. And so they're trying to, it seems to me like they're trying to create for Spider-Man, for Amazing Spider-Man, Three and four will be the culmination from those other movies, and and I find that frustrating. Um, I think I'm one of the few people, and only a diehard, insane comic fan like myself, who reads everything, is really going to have that much appreciation for that. Well, people go here; yeah, they may go, but it, to me, it feels very diluted. I mean, as you know, and you know, and I always laugh when I talk about. Um, X Men First Class, and I did the show, and we were talking about it, and you said, um,
0: "Did you even like the movie?"
1: Yeah, you, I, yeah. I, I had said I liked the movie, and then I started talking about it, and it sounded like I didn't. And the thing about that movie is, it was two scripts that were in development that they smashed together, and the best thing in it was the Magneto stuff, Magneto script. But there was a character that had developed over several X Men movies. You know, it was really was a standout character who had a really engaging story and the idea of him young and having been in Auschwitz and hunting Nazis, that's kind of cool. That's kind of different. You know? Um, So I get why. I mean, Spider-Man 3 wasn't that good, but we understood at that time why you might do a Venom movie. Right. Um, The fact that they reset Spider-Movies, which you know from the get-go, I thought it was just too soon to redo these things, you know? So they made Amazing Spider-Man and now do a Venom movie where you're kind of dependent on the previous franchise for people even to get it. I mean, Sinister Six, I mean, you know, you're know, you going to do a movie on an anti-hero. Um, I, I don't know. So do they, I, I think it's grasping. Which
0: comes first? Does Sinister Six come first because you start to see some of those characters in Spider-Man 2? Or does Venom start, come first? We have uh, yet to see Venom in this one.
1: Right, that's
0: exactly my so point. So does Sinister so, uh, Six come first and introduce uh, uh, Venom? I would think, well, is that the way you do it? Or? Or, does, or do we introduce Venom somehow in this one? We have I Venom... Mean, that, we that, actually that, make that's, a Venom origin it. movie. I mean, cause it, does, does, if you does do a standalone a movie, what, what is it? Does Venom does it... become the Eddie Brock... Or the, uh,
1: the, the, the good guy?
0: The Flash well, well, Thompson well, wait, well, guy? Well,
1: wait a second. If you want to talk about Venom, realize there was Venom, you know, lethal protector. Mm-hmm. You know, so you go back to Venom, he was terrorizing Spider-Man for years in the comic, as very, you know, maybe an annual appearance... And then they decided he got popular, so they did they did the Venom: The Protected miniseries, and they made him as Eddie Brock for a while. Venom was like an antihero, right? He was trying to do his own thing. I mean, yeah, he still talked about eating brains, but they, there was several miniseries, you know, there was a series of miniseries they were doing where he, the Eddie Brock Venom, was really trying to, you know, do and, good. And here they have Flash so,
0: Thompson currently as the right. as the Venom. So, so a, then, then they,
1: they evolved into this. Um, I don't think you do the Flash Thompson version because the Flash Thompson version initially does not have the, the clash with Spider-Man. Right. But, um, you know, what they did do story-wise in Spider-Man 3 that they clearly haven't done here is there's a reason for it. You know, you have, the, you know, the whole thing of, of the symbiote being rejected by it. Um, I don't know if you're reading the current comic, but as much as I've been, you know... Like it's dragging on about Doc Ock is still, you know, yeah. in Peter's mind. But this last issue, the way it ended, was an incredible payoff because, yeah, it's the symbiote taking over Peter, who it hungered for, but it's Ock in there, who you got to think doesn't have the character to fight it off, like right. Peter did. You know, so I was pretty like,
0: all right. Yeah, we see the, the superior venom at the end of yeah, superior yeah. the Yeah, yeah. That page you're... was a home
1: run for me. Right. You know? So that's interesting. In the, and that's in just the it. The, only one be...
0: that, the symbiote's the one that will immediately know that it's Ock in Peter's body. They, they may so, go there. So, that's interesting. So, I mean, why wouldn't it know that, it was P, that it's Ock in Peter's body? Right.
1: You would think you it know? would.
0: The second he attaches and mentally attaches to Dark yeah. Ock in Peter's body, he yeah. knows it's Peter. It's going to know it's he, not he right. it's not Peter. But he has traces of Peter's memory, even though Ock has extinguished traces exactly. of Peter's memory. Exactly. So he can re-download Peter. I mean,
1: you know, maybe they're going there. The question is, is it genetic, the the, the attachment? So, if so, if it's a genetic thing, then is it going to recognize him even if the mind's different? We'll see where they go probably next week. Right. You know? Um, But the, the point is, getting back to the movies, is I don't know what that movie is or who cares there's a reason why you would have made that movie back after Spider-Man 3 if it had done a bit better, mm-hmm. you know? But right now, I don't know how it makes sense. I don't know. I mean, listen, a lot of people said, oh, who cared about Iron Man? And Marvel hit it out of the park. It's a lesson known character. But it was a hero, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Marvel was very smart about how they developed things. And I see Sony's going to try to copy it. And I don't know. It, it just it feels like it's grasping at straws. I mean... I guess they sort of have to, you know. It's potentially, will make money, and maybe you're right. At least it's, you know, they have the money to develop it that way. You're absolutely right that if Marvel had had the franchise, I don't think they'd bother with those movies. Mm-hmm. It's not a direction they, go. they have so much to do that would they go there? But it doesn't mean it's a good thing, you know. From the get-go with Marvel, my, my fear has been. They could be the victim of their own success because every single movie can't be the same level of blockbuster, nor should every movie. You or know? quality of movie.
0: Well, this qu- is where we're.
1: Quality is part of the point. Right. They're talking about making some other characters, you know, lower tier characters, the not Netflix spending stuff, as yeah. much money. You know, but you know what sucks about the nature of the business is, even if they spend less money, you're still going to have people, you know, the you know the film analysts going, oh well, that one didn't do that well right you know oh Marvel's lost it even if they only spend 25 million dollars making a small movie um, only spend 25 million dollars exactly but that's what's happened right for a studio movie though it's 25 million is conservative yeah yeah you know oh my god it didn't do the same half a billion dollars you know I mean a lot of them aren't gonna I mean you know they do a Moon Knight movie, you know, it's not going to make what i well, They can now
0: audience. do a Ghost Rider movie. They can now do a Punisher movie. Those the characters right. did revert. Yeah, they, they reverted. You know. Um, do you put them in the next phase of the Netflix look, deal? Look,
1: look, I was just going to say to you, um, I was um, so excited to see, we don't need to do another Daredevil movie. TV show, awesome. Which is
0: how it should have been.
1: Yeah. It's awesome. And, and, you know, and a lot of people think that the implication there is they'll do the Netflix thing. They'll come together as defenders and they very well may end up populating back into, you know, popping up in an Avengers movie and all. Right. Would it be a cameo or what. I mean, look, any of the reasons the Avengers these days knows it's, I don't want to say it's unfilmable, but it's not filmable in a way to give everyone screen time. Right. Or significant screen time, you know, where, where you have such a big squad. But if you're dealing with those smaller characters on a TV show and they just do cameos, you know, and yeah, oh, there's Daredevil in the corner, you know, <laughs> fight, fighting the next wave of Chitauri. Right. That's kind of awesome. Or the Hulk actually joins the Defenders in that series on TV. <laughs> you know the, the, know, the CGI for that. <laughs> look, look it's, it's Defenders in name only and, right. and it actually makes sense. Right. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, right now in the comic, what it is, is it's what Mighty Avengers as a comic is yeah. right now. Yeah. It's the street, level, the street guys level guys that are, you know, Avengers, but you know, they're not going to call them, you know, a different version of Avengers. So, calling Defenders is fun. Look, the Defenders comic book is near and dear to my heart. It was, to me, As a kid, like, it was the first thing I bought them all up, Mm. you know, and I had them all. And, you know, they weren't as expensive, but I was really cool because it was, they had this non-team, like, if you showed up, well, well, the core was, you know, Namor, Silver Mm -hmm. Surfer, Hulk, and Doctor Strange, but... It's not them as a team, mostly, because there was supposedly this mystic prophecy if they came together, you know, all this bad shit was going to happen, so it was mostly the mainstays. It was Doctor Strange and everyone working around his brownstone who came in, and you know, you had Valkyrie, you had Hellcat, you had Nighthawk, you know, they were a... It was Ghost Rider for a bit, yeah. Well, that was just it. The Defenders, if you were in it for one issue, you were a member of the team. Right. Your Son of Satan was in it a lot. You know, but um, later they actually had a, a, a pseudo um, original X-Men because post-Champions and all that, you know, you had Beast, Angel, and Iceman in, right towards the end of the Def- the original Defenders run. Right. You know, and you, you had Gargoyle was in there for a long time, um, you know, you had uh, Demon Slayer and, you know, obviously Valkyrie was always a mainstay as was Hellcat, Um but, uh, yeah, you know this idea well that's what they are they're they're defending the neighbor that kind of thing. Right. It'll be really interesting to see what the storyline that they develop will be um listen, it's exciting you know they were trying to develop the uh, uh the um what do you call Jessica Jones you know thing for a while a b c had it and didn't go anywhere so they'll, they'll do it now um I'm really excited for the Netflix shows um I think they'll, they're going to blow away what S.H.I.E.L.D. was for so many reasons.
0: Let's hope. Yeah. Let's hope. Well, look, look, the
1: biggest problem with the S.H.I.E.L.D. show, from the get-go, I was not as excited as I might have been because I wouldn't be excited if I heard they're doing a S.H.I.E.L.D. comic. Right. It's, you know, it's not as bad, but it was like, you know, years ago they did a damage control comic and for those listeners that don't know, Damage Control is this fictional like the sweep thing. sweep-up team. Yeah, the this, yeah. this sweep-up guys that in the Marvel Universe, they come in and clean up after it. So they try to do some corporate intrigue into it, and there was some, a little bit of like corruption in it and all that, but, you know, that's never gonna sell a lot. No. I mean, who gives a At shit? At the end of the day,
0: who gives yeah, a damn? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, gets into some interesting stuff, and you know, they're, they're building up this world, and it's a cool TV show working in this, in this world, you know? Um, but it feels like a cleanup squad. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's going to be that. But, you know, they're making their own show. It has the intrigue, you know, the, the spy stuff. It's a spy show that has to be set in the Marvel Universe.
0: So there's fantastic elements that come with that. It'd be cool, though, every now and then to see portions of the Marvel Universe. Besides right. Just, and that's what's yeah. important.
1: And listen, so far on that show, they keep, they keep giving us little things, little nods, certain right. characters. That are much more shield oriented but th- there are some easter eggs in there. They're developing some stuff. I know mm-hmm. you're behind on it but you know when, when you catch up we'll talk about it. Um, you get a sense that it, it, it's going somewhere. Let's shift gears to the trailers.
0: Okay. Jupiter Ascending. Jupiter the Ascending. Wachowski Brothers movie. No, the Wachowski Wachowski's Siblings. Siblings. The, 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 oh, I got from you. From the yeah, creators no, that brought I'm, you completely the right. You're completely right. You're completely right on that one. Siblings. Uh, the Wachowski Siblings. Um you loved this trailer. I thought it was great. Um, it looked amazing. Visually, you're right. It yeah. is pristine. It looks awesome. Um, I've always been a fan of Guy Liner. Uh, <laughs> you know, in the future, or wherever the other planet, wherever Tanning Tatum's character comes in, right. he's got the Guy Liner. Um, to me, it feels like another... <laughs> it's, you're not in the world you think that you're in. Let me take you from the world that you know and show you a bigger world. I mean, it feels like a Matrix.
1: Well, you know what it really is... It's, I, I appreciate the idea that you know, they are going back to certain themes, but it's really more of the, um, the, the changeling child. Right. The child that thinks they know who they are, but they really come from somewhere else, which we've seen a million times. I mean, we've seen arguably that's, that's at Star Wars, right. you know? Yeah. But, you know, listen, as you know, and you're, you're a writer and you're very good at it and you analyze writing, and you, know, you go back to Joseph Campbell, you know? it's there aren't that many new stories right it's what you do with them in the execution and everything else I mean those tropes work very well,
0: and I love that it's aliens I love that it's not alternate reality like right. or a masked reality how how would you describe the matrix it was a it was a a, a, a mirage it was like a a masked reality, right? Like they, they pull a veil back, and this is what the actual world was. And this, it is it, it, literally another world. In it, it, this, it's literally no, no, the you, earth, you, you, you want to know how I describe the it? The earth being inter, in, you know brought into a, a bigger
1: interplanetary. The, the way I describe it, this is my little hand job the Grant Morrison. Right. It, it, it's the Invisibles.
0: Yeah, that's how you describe right the Matrix. Yeah, it's the that, Invisibles. That, the, that, Fair enough. Idea. And they've received a ton of criticism for that, of course. What
1: Grant Morrison said, what he did is, you know, The Matrix did this whole thing about, okay, the sci-fi take on it, but, you know, what The Invisibles really said, and, you know, a lot of new Agey people think, is that, you know, we all know that, you know, reality is what we perceive, and this notion of different planes of existence and, you know, freeing your mind and all that. Sure. That, that's what The Invisibles was, and, you know, was about. And uh, and dealt with the even notions of how time works and right. seeming time travel when you have a different perspective of nonlinear time. You know, Invisibles certainly went way further than The Matrix ever did, mm-hmm. but, um, but The Matrix certainly suggested it. Um, made
0: it accessible, too. I, I you know,
1: I, I, I have mixed feelings about Morrison's feelings about it because, yes, great, you know, The Matrix was made by Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers owned um, Vertigo, which put out his book The Invisibles, which doesn't mean, once again, that just the, the concept of that is sacrosanct and, you know, owned by him. There's some Larrys end there, you know. Uh, look, um, any time you have a movie that's, Going to be, uh, you know, thinking about different levels of reality, you know, you have comparison. I mean, is Inception just The Matrix again? Right. You know? They're very different movies, but in many ways, yes. You know? Um, so I don't have a problem with that. I, I didn't agree with you um, when you said it, In fact, Edge of Tomorrow, which your wife the made Tom a comment on
0: Groundhog Day, but... That reminded uh, me Cruise, more... She said the Tom Cruise movie, Edge of Tomorrow, looks like Groundhog Day. But like, yeah. Starship Troopers, Groundhog Day. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. pretty funny. It's very funny. <laughs> I didn't care and it is. I that. was
1: thinking Starship Troopers yeah. all the time. Yeah.
0: But, but when I was watching it, what I liked about <laughs> it is,
1: I wasn't thinking Starship Troopers the movie. I was thinking this is what I wanted when I read Starship Troopers. Right. The Because people the that don't Heinlein know, I haven't read it. It's yeah. a power suit.
0: Yeah. It's awesome. And no, you can leap
1: and stuff. The, the, the book, you know... The Starship Troopers book is awesome. You, When you watch The Verhoeven movie You have to understand That it's parody Right That it's it's Commentary it, Yeah, he's yeah. political commentary Exactly um, You know He purposely did the whole uh, Propaganda 90210 cast Right As like a fuck you Right you know? But the
0: Heinlein book Is all about the these books, power suits yeah. That you get into Power suits And none of that none, like none, that none of tomorrow. the
1: hooking up crap Right I mean there's a reason why Like you know People in West Point You know they make him read that and Ender's Game, right? You know, like they're it, it's a brilliant it's book a, it's and a it's hardcore. And yeah. and watching that movie and most of them like, wow, it looks amazing, you know? Yeah, this um, does
0: feel like the Starship Troopers book,
1: right? I, I mean, I'm a little concerned about where they're going to go with the Groundhog Day thing of it, and we'll see what it well, we're is. We're talking about Edge of Tomorrow now, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, we've gone to Edge of Tomorrow. Um, I also felt like it feels a little similar to Oblivion. I'm intrigued, but I definitely want to see it. But and I didn't mean to go off. Jupiter ascending, because I just wanted to say, you know, your Matrix commentary. Um, sure. Look, um, I mean,
0: possibly, probably unfair. I, I thought unfair. I thought that you're only said it because of Michalowski's. Yeah, and it was somebody. This is not the world you think it is. Let me show you a bigger world. Let me open your eyes to this. But but, uh, rescue but you. wait, what? But I'm it's part just, of a bigger but, fabric. But no, that's was, just it.
1: Right. Yes, the line may be similar, but it's for a different reason. And it's classic. It's, it's, it's a classic it, storytelling. It, yeah, it's right. not. It's not the world you're in Is different It's There's a bigger universe Right You know Dude It's, it's Star Wars You know you, You're you know, Even though he knows You know your, your, your life isn't Tatooine And what's happening here Right You know Let me show you the force You know You don't even realize What you're part of You know Now to make you laugh It's I Am Number 4 You know <laughs> Which I You saw that I did see it I did see it It's uh It's okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know the, the whole high school like, thing I'm going to get you a t-shirt I'm going to get you, you An I Am number four t-shirt It,
1: it was uh, it, it spawned at this but, but, It has its moments But Dude Tim Oliphant's in it
0: so, But I am looking forward To both these movies But I'm saying Tim Oliphant's right. on it And he kicks ass So you know What are you, you going to say You want to be fun of me Jupiter Ascending I think you have to look at Just because of the spectacle It's going to be Those guys are going to make it A pristine the, ass the, thing the scale like, it's awesome. of it was But then amazing. again I, I, didn't, I didn't watch the one That they made with um, was, uh, What's the name of The German filmmaker Did Run Little Run uh, you know what I'm talking about? The, 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 yeah, the, um, I, I did not see that one. The four July. the four hour one. Yeah, I didn't see any. Um, I'm embarrassed. And it, and it promised just to be as pristine and mm-hmm. awesome. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll check it out. You know, if I I will definitely see Jupiter. Yeah. Sending. I think it looks Jupiter amazing. And, um, and I'll definitely see Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, because I liked Oblivion. I loved Oblivion. I thought Oblivion was cool. And yeah. then um, and of course I like the Star Troop Troopers. Yeah, um, you know. You know Anybody the, in a the, the, robot the, the, suit. I'm down with anybody in a robot well, well, suit. Here, here, and
1: like, here, here's the thing, and, 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 and I'm setting myself up for, for many jokes on this. Parallels. I like but, all that stuff. But I'm setting myself for many jokes on this, but Tom Cruise has had an interesting career. And you know, you notice the last several years, he's going to sci-fi a lot, and he hasn't made a bad sci-fi movie yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm surprised you're not taking the shots, but the obvious joke's of the Scientology thing. Sure, you know, but the, well, I, I think those but, are easy, yeah. But, um, you know... Um, I wonder if, as a career path, did he say, "Well, if I want to make movies that make a lot of money, I do the big sci-fi movies." You sure. Know? I'm not sure. There was a time people don't realize, but when the, people were talking about Iron Man, people were talking about Tom Cruise for
0: all. Oh, time. I remember absolutely when, uh, when 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 Millar and Go, the the writers of uh, of Smallville, yeah, Goth. When, they were, uh, goth yeah. when those guys were were running, and it was still over at Sony Paramount. Where was? Where was Iron Man at that time? But, yeah, they had the Smallville creators working on it. Tom Cruise yeah, was going to star as yeah, Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's always been kind of into the sci-fi. And, you know what? In all honesty, if he, if he keeps doing, like, Ben Stiller-style comedies, mm-hmm. like if, if Ben Stiller still kind of throws in, like, comedy stuff. like I, well, Remember the Hardy Brian's Men? Th- when they announced the Hardy Men? It was the yeah. Hardy Boys growing up, and it was right. Ben Stiller and, and Tom Cruise. Like yeah, I still, it, kind it of want awesome. to, I still kind of want to see that movie. It would be awesome. You know, I'd I think that, that movie would be hilarious. I mean, he's funny as hell, and... Um, the the uh, what is it? Tropic Thunder. Tropic, oh, he's Incredible. brilliant in that. Um, no, I think he, I think he's funny and, and um you know the Scientology thing or the Oprah's couch thing. This and there, it's just been it's been it's been done a lot. It's been covered a lot. I think mm-hmm. uh, with this one, it's like let's let's go. You know, we loved Oblivion. He's obviously a charismatic actor. We love Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher was I thought was, I actually haven't seen it. Yet. Oh, Jack Reacher was great. Oh, yeah, I need to see it. Well, that's Jack like, Reacher that's was the other really
1: this cool. You, you know, he's, he's developing a. a Book sequel to turn into a movie.
0: Yeah, Jack, Jack Reacher was overlooked, I felt like. And, I uh, know a lot of people that the read the books fantastic. that were
1: really. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he, listen, he's always more of like books.
0: a military jarhead type. Well, more than that, yeah, is he's supposed, supposed to be, to like, be like this giant guy. He's supposed to be a truck. He's Brock yeah, Lesnar. Exactly. But here we've got Tom Cruise. And, but, and you know what? The movie was. And good. By, by the
1: way, far from the first thing they adapted, and you know, right. the star they got was just completely different physically.
0: No, I'm looking forward to it. Um. So we got those two trailers, um, Ian. Um, we got to have you back because we didn't even touch comics. We got to have you back because well, we, we them a little bit. We didn't even touch on how awesome Mob City is.
1: Yeah, if you guys I, you aren't know, watching I, I, Mob I City, I definitely want to talk about Mob City. I mean, Mob City is
0: awesome. And if you guys aren't watching Mob City, it's only uh, it's only six hours. And, and, and by the way, speaking of
1: something where we talked about you know time of year, Mob City is airing that you know it was. They, they shot six episodes for season right. one, hopefully they 'll get a season two, but they 're putting them out um, two episodes yeah, two at, at a, a time for three so, weeks. so re- basically in two weeks' time, you, you get the whole first season in December, which is generally thought of as like an all man 's land for television, and the numbers are good I mean I know, love that show yeah it 's brilliant it 's Frank Darabont who did the walking dead um, it 's absolutely phenomenal I'm, you know i know it 's on iTunes, also the number 's doing great there, so you, you can. See it that way. So
0: um, I, w- I would download them, if only yeah. for John Bernthal. He's really great. Simon Pegg, with an American okay. accent, is awesome. Alexa Davalos
1: is doing career level work.
0: And in episode three, I mean, you, and I, you and I, we talked little bit about the carousel sequence this? in episode three. Just Amazing. get Amazing. to that, and you, I mean, you're sold. I, yeah. I think the first episode is incredible. Watch Mob Absolutely. City. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, the guy who plays the assassin, the heavy, yeah, it's it's is, so good. Uh, there's so oh, much. I'm so you and I haven't even talked about Alexa. Writing. I mean,
1: she's just dead on. You would think she speaks like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Is she
1: British? No. What was she, but right. well, she's she's American. But right. just you know, the curt. The it, it's such a without it seeming like she's gone too far. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the stilted tones of you know that that femme fatale, that dame. Right. You know, uh, you know, a dame to die for, a dame to kill for. You know, she
0: just nails it. The the accent I'm impressed by is Simon's American accent. Yes. And it's worth downloading episodes. Um, Guys, we're going to let you guys go because this is the Geekscape that's running along. Um, It's awesome to have Ian back. It's obviously not his last one. And I could literally do a Geekscape with Ian every week. I think you guys may love that. You guys may hate that. I don't know. Well,
1: we could talk about it. We'll see what they say. (laughs)
0: Let us know your thoughts. We will see you guys next time. Um, Follow Geekscape on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Search for Geekscape. Befriend us at Jonathan Lennon on Twitter. And you know what? We have the Stitcher player, like this little Stitcher widget on the front of the page. You can, watch every, you can listen to every uh, Geekscape episode on the Stitcher app on the front of the page. So click it, subscribe it, like it, whatever uh, you want to do at geekscape.net. We'll see you guys in a few days.